Welcome to the seventh episode of the Injury Report. Today is Friday, May 27th, and I'm your host, Joe Brenner, a medical student at the University of Toledo, where I actually was able to sit in on a total knee replacement today, and that was pretty darn cool. There was a lot of tools being used, saws and hammers and all that, but uh, I think it's something that I could see myself doing for a while. As far as the podcast goes, we'll start off with our NBA action as usual. The pretty healthy Dallas Mavericks went down and lost me some money in five games to the also pretty healthy Golden State Warriors. Gary Payton, who was injured in that series against Memphis, will he could come back he's been slated to make he'll be reevaluated coming up here so he could be on his way back and give the golden state warriors another chance at another ring and they are waiting the winner of the boston celtics and miami heat the boston celtics lead the series 5 to or 3 to 2 after 5 where they were down 2-1 to one and have won the last two in blowout fashion. Uh, I think last Friday we were getting ready for game three, or they had just won game two, and I was, you know, it was 1-1 one one and I was feeling good, but I can't say the same as uh, right now. Miami has also been just struggling with, Kyle Lowry, who didn't play until game three or four and hasn't really looked good. There's a lot of buzz on Twitter about maybe he should be sat. Vincent and Struess also have hamstrings, so pretty much anybody who can uh, bring the ball up the court is dealing with hamstring injuries right now, except for Tyler Hero, who's missed the last two games with a groin injury. Now, we haven't had any groin injuries yet, and groin, in the most common, well, let's just talk about the adductor group. So, adduction is movement of a limb towards the midline, or if you take a pole straight down your head, down your spine, all the way through, that's your midline. So, if you move your limb back towards that, that's adduction, A-D-D, so you're like you're adding it back together whereas the opposite moving it away would be abduction. So in your thigh, you have a group of muscles called your adductors, and that's their job, is to bring your, squeeze your thighs together. And you can feel that in that groin area if you kind of pinch your knees together. You can feel that in your, the groin area, those muscles firing. There are three and four muscles, the adductor longus, adductor magnus, adductor brevis, and pectineus. And the most common strain is the adductor longus. And that originates on your pubis, which is the bottom of your pelvic bowl of those muscles. It's down in the front there. The pubic symphysis is where the two kind of come together. And 
the pubis on either side is on either side and then the lower ramus of the pubis is where the adductor longus originates and where it inserts is on the back of the femur the linea aspera there's a little line there and that's where it inserts and its job is to again pull the femur the leg back towards the middle it has a protective role because if it goes too far you can put too much strain on the neck of the femur and cause fracture there so it's got an important job and that's why there are a lot of strains there because it's a tight muscle it's not a very long muscle it doesn't travel the whole distance or anything and it's got a lot of strong muscles working against it too that can cause it to waver so Tyler Hero is out with an adductor strain uh, it's a muscle strain, so as we've talked about before, it kind of depends on the person and the severity. There's no real word on severity there, just that he is not dealing with it well right now. He's questionable for tonight, game six in Miami. His presence has been, or his lack of presence has been felt, his presence has been missed, and I'm not. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Uh, PJ and Jimmy are both battling knee discomfort. Jimmy actually missed the end of game four that started out as a blowout for the heat. Or game three, excuse me, for the heat. PJ hasn't missed any time, and he's played well defensively. And one of the few guys that has played well defensively. But offense has been a struggle for the Miami Heat thus far. Uh, Moving on to the Boston Celtics, they had Marcus Smart, who's been in and out with Liz Frank, that Liz Frank uh, sprain, that midfoot sprain, that metatarsal tarsal ligament or joint sprain. And since then, he also has an anterior talofibular ligament uh, sprain from that ankle. So he had a pretty severe ankle sprain he came back into the game and that was in game three and since that game as well Tatum started kind of shaking his shoulder out he might have had stinger he went back to the locker room turns out he probably has a cervical nerve impingement and that's when so the nerves of your body that run through your body They start in your spinal cord, and they'll kind of pop out between the two discs here and there, or the two uh, spinal vertebra here and there. And when they do that, the holes are very narrow, and lots of times that, you know, things can pinch them pretty much. So he most likely has an impingement of one of the cervical nerves something getting pinched in that right shooting shoulder usually it's just you just try to treat it with rest steroids maybe some painkillers but it's not going to be a quick fix for him he might have weeks of numbing and pain it has not affected his shooting i can report but that is something that he will be dealing with he's still kind of every once in a while he's rubbing it shaking it out It's not anything that he can really do about it other than do the opposite of what he is doing, which is playing. I think it's something that he thinks is worth it to him, and 
if he thinks it's worth it to him. I don't think he can make it worse, but it's just not going to get better without rest. And then the juggernaut that is Robert Williams has he missed games three and five. I thought him missing game three was the reason the Heat got out to a big lead, and it was definitely the reason Bam Adebayo had such a big game. But he also missed game five, and his presence was not as much noticed. Now, you know, the Heat's offensive struggles could be a major reason why, but his in game four, when the Celtics blew them out, his defensive presence was a major reason why they blew out the Heat and they were struggling. So keeping him on the floor should be a priority for this. I mean, maybe resting him the rest of this series if they think they can. I mean, you don't want to push it into a Game 7 in Miami. But he will be more important against Golden State, assuming they get to Golden State. I'm not giving up on the Heat. It has sounded like that, and it will continue to sound like that throughout the rest of this podcast. But things are bleak, and they're not getting brighter. Our final NBA injury we're going to talk about is Zion Williamson, just kind of his career injury so far. So pretty early into his career, he had a meniscus injury, and then he ended that season with a left fourth finger or ring finger fracture. It was kind of a smash fracture. It was weird. Not really a dislocation or a clean cut. It was a like he got smashed, so I don't know if that had happened on a block attempt or something that he blocked somebody or against the glass or something or somebody blocked him or fouled him and or he fell on the floor, whatever it was. He missed the rest of that season with a hand injury. And then this last year, he's had a fifth metatarsal fracture. So as we talked about, that fifth metatarsal is the anchor point for some, not only um, foot muscles inside of the foot, but also that fibularis or peroneus brevis that runs from the outside of your, just about, just below your knee down to your foot and helps you with eversion, which is where you put your heel, you kind of turn your heel outward away from the midline. So that's what he's been dealing with right now. And in the winter, he had an injection, which could have either been platelet-rich plasma or some bone marrow just to stimulate growth. Those both just send signals to the area that there is a problem that needs to be fixed here. So that's most likely what's going on with him. I think you know the timetable lines up that he should be pretty healthy. We've all seen the videos of him jumping out of the gym dunking. But he is listed as cleared since then. Moving over to hockey, I have some hockey injuries to report on. First of all, both Edmonton and Tampa Bay are healthy teams, and both of them are in the semifinals. On the other side of the East, playing against Tampa Bay would be the New York and Carolina, and Carolina leads that 3-2. They don't really have any new injuries. They have some. On the West, where Colorado leads 3-2, to two, they have their defenseman Samuel Girard, who broke his sternum a few games ago. I think it was game three. And that's very similar to a rib injury like we were talking about a couple episodes ago. 
So the sternum is a bone in the center of your chest, and it's uh, anchor plate for the rib cage. So all those ribs come around, and they meet at the sternum. It's usually a 10-week recovery I saw, which is strange compared to the four weeks that most bones get, maybe because it is such a thin bone, it might take it might heal differently. I know it grows differently. So it's not a long bone like the ones in your arms and legs. Um, complications that depending on severity, if you have a disunion, you could have a pseudoarthrosis, which is just a fake joint. So it could flex and bend. That would be unstable, especially for your ribs, considering they're also delicate, more delicate bones because of their shape and structure. And then there, you could also just have damage to the underlying tissues being the heart and lungs right there. So he is probably not going to be available for the rest of their run. And for the St. Louis Blues, who again are down three to two, they have Tori Krug, who was injured and it was initially reported that he just had a lower leg injury until he was interviewed and he said, I hurt my ACL, it was a grade three tear. So now we know it's a grade three MCL tear. So that's a complete tear. And that's probably gonna require reconstruction. Depending on the location, the severity, they can either sew the MCL together and wait for it to heal on its own because again, it does receive blood supply. So it can heal on its own, but grade three tear, it's unlikely it will. And then for the other way they can do that is they can do a graft where they take some of the hamstring as they could in an ACL, some of the hamstring tendon and use that as that MCL. So that is our update on hockey injuries. And we will roll into our segment, injured or recovered. To begin injured, we'll keep up with an NHL trend in the fact that, oh, I don't know if you could hear, but our AC just kicked on. It is getting to be that time of year. But for the NHL injury lists, if you look them up, wherever you, you have to go, you can't just find the injury on whatever source. You have to do some extra digging because they all just say upper body or lower body. So, for instance, with the... Krug sternum or the uh, Gerard sternum it just said upper body I had to look that up and with the Krug MCL it just said lower body so you know you never know if it's just a slight sprain or the guy's leg had to be amputated it'll just say lower body I respect it but it's annoying for my purposes recovered is COVID there were rumors that both Miami and Boston might have lost players sometime during this week. And while neither one has, it is still amazing that it can, you know, change, shape the outcome of series at this point. There can't be any Michael Jordan flu game if you can't play through the flu, but uh, and understand that that's not quite what that is, but at this point in where we are with everything, it's just amazing that 
it can still take over series like that. For our another injured is the Heat shooting. They shot 15% from three the other day in a team that led the league at one point, and they not only did they go 15%, they also had a span of about four minutes where they had four air balls, and that was just brutal. They, I'm not going to name names, but on one possession, one player airballed twice from the same spot and hit the same spot of the backboard. And another player on that same possession missed short. And then a few possessions later, someone else just looked like they'd closed their eyes and been spun around. So the heat shooting has been completely awful. And I didn't even bring up the fact that in game four, they missed the first 13 field goals of the game. Now, there is ways that there's old adages, you know, when you're not getting it going from the field, get to the line. Well, fading away from the basket three feet away is not a great way to get that going. I, they had no problem getting the ball into those tight spaces, and then they saw Robert Williams and just decided they didn't want to deal with him and fell away and seemingly missed them all off the right side of the rim where he was waiting to collect their miss. So it's not a great game plan. I'd like them to be a little bit more physical like they were earlier in the series and also just start hitting their shots. Recovered is Boston sports. So I had a little bit of a project, a little history project here. Since the, okay, so 2020 and 2021 were the first consecutive calendar years that one of the big four Boston sports was not in a championship, had not made an appearance since 2000 and 2001. So, and neither one of them had, and I'm not counting like for the 2002 Super Bowl that was from the 2001 season, but I'm just going when these championships took place. So, in 2002, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. 2003, nobody. 2004, the Patriots and Red Sox win. 2005, the Patriots win. Nobody in 2006. 2007, the Red Sox win. 2008, the Celtics win. 2009, nobody. 2010, the Celtics lose. 11, the Bruins lose. 12, the Patriots lose. 13, the Sox win and the Bruins lose. 14, nobody. 15, the Patriots lose. 16, nobody. 17, the Patriots win. 18, the Sox win and the Patriots lose. 19, the Patriots win and the Bruins lose. So then 20 and 21, nobody. And with a win uh, either tonight or Sunday, the Boston Celtics could break that, end that drought, break that streak, and make sure that over the last 20 two years since the turn of the century two years is the longest that any that Boston sports has gone without having a championship appearance now they're not the last hope for the year because the Red Sox I don't know they're not doing that hot but as far as Patriots they they're done they've already had their attempt the Bruins aren't in contention anymore so 
it is just marvel. You know, it's amazing to think that one team can be that lucky. I know that as a Heat fan, I have just been grateful for the the runs that we've had over the years. But it's it's amazing to put that into perspective. Another injured is the Washington Commanders, who changed their name to a name that not everybody loves. Not everybody loves the logo. And now they're going to get rid of their owner. You know, what What more maybe more people might want to take over a team if they had the option of redoing the nickname and colors and everything. Having that blank slate, having them having just changed the name might drive the prices down. Maybe Dan Snyder wanted that. And maybe he had just been able to push people off of whatever he's done long enough. But he uh, definitely didn't do his pocketbook any favors if he's going to get the full settlement from that. And if he's even kicked out, who knows. Recovered Colin Kaepernick. Lewis Riddick on ESPN said that he, which, first of all, Colin Kaepernick's getting a full tryout with the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me. And he said, Lewis Riddick said, he will help and be better than Derek Carr. So Derek Carr just got them to the playoffs last year. But Colin Kaepernick, who hasn't played in a long time, is apparently going to be an upgrade. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. I am doubtful. I don't agree with Lewis Riddick, probably. Maybe, you know, if, if his athleticism is still there and he's been keeping up with that, maybe he can contribute in some way. I just don't think that he will be able to do better than Derek Carr if they're both given the same, you know, plays and opportunities and everything, which you'd call an offense differently for Colin Kaepernick, assuming his skill set's the same. But uh, taking over for Derek Carr is not going to be an easy task. Injured is the NBA playoffs. Every game has been a blowout. The only one of the last series, I believe, that wasn't, hasn't been more than 10 points. Uh, I think the First, there's been one in each series. I think the first game or second game, well, games one and two of the Heat were both uh, six and eight or something like that. And then there was one where the Warriors were actually blown out and then they crawled it back to nine. But most of the games, or something like more than half of the games have been decided by 10 points or more. And half of those have been decided by 20 points or more. So it has not been good. You know, the first round was actually the most exciting round. And maybe I was just grateful that there was basketball on every night. But, you know, I didn't even want to watch the game between the Mavs and Warriors last night because I figured it would be a blowout by the Warriors. And speaking of that, recovered is Game 5 Clay. Clay Thompson is notorious in Game 5s in series, and last night he had 31 in the big win, sending them back to their the sixth, their sixth of the last eight NBA championships. So right now they are three and two, and have a chance to go four and two over the last eight. And Steph, Clay, and Draymond have been together for all of those, and. It is, you know, they started off as the team, LeBron's adversary, and then they were the villains when they got KD, and now they are just back to being 
I'm glad I get to watch the Warriors because they're a fun team that has a lot of fun players and they do a lot of things the right way. And, you know, having Clay Thompson back after his injuries is good to see too. And that will wrap up the seventh edition of the Injury Report. Have a great Memorial Day weekend and thank you to our troops.